Oh man, it's Friday. It's the day after the Mueller report dropped. Oh god, what a what a day. What a great day to talk about stuff. Uh, so welcome back to Politics and Bullshit. I'm David. The intro is brought to you by Man underscore DeLorean. Check him out on Instagram. He just put out a new album, so that's kind of cool. So, well, before I even get into all that, just a little conversation. I was uh, re-listening to a lot of my older episodes, and I, I, I think like I, I at least got a few of my friends who are uh, at least listening to this, uh, you know, consistently. And as I was re-listening to the older episodes, uh, I realized I keep doing this thing. Well, I do two things, right? I say um a lot, which is really fucking annoying. And then I also do this weird thing, I guess, before I talk. I, I, I do like a little little mouth clicking thing. And uh, so I'm learning to get better at both of those. But damn, none of y'all called me out on that. I was hoping one of you guys would. So no more ums and no more little weird clicky noises. At least I hope. But anyways. So today is basically just going to be all about the Mueller report and some uh, things that are going on around the Mueller report. Um, I want to bring up William Barr's history. He's got a very shady history, which I didn't really know about till probably these past couple weeks. I also think most people don't even know about it. He's been gone for so long, so he's kind of been under the radar. But when you look at his history kind of makes perfect sense why he was uh, picked to be the attorney general. So I'm going to go into that. I'm going to talk about some key things from the Mueller report that's really interesting. And then also just going to discuss, I guess, the philosophy slash constitutionally limits of it and why it's gone the way it has gone, at least my opinion on that. And then we'll finish with, you know, the the aftermath of it, you know, who's saying what both, you know, Democrat, Republican, and then what are the people thinking? Where is it going to go? And my kind of, I guess, you know, fortune of, uh, the, the, of, of what's going to happen, you know, in the future regarding this whole thing. So, uh, yeah, this will be a really fun episode that I hope I can not say um throughout. <laughs> All right, so first up, so yesterday, I don't know, can't remember what time it was, East Coast time, but early in the morning, Attorney General Barr comes out. He's got Rod Rosenstein behind him and some other, some other fucking crazy looking guy. <laughs> And he, first of all, there was a lot of drama around that. It's like, why are you having a press conference kind of a thing when the report hasn't even dropped? Which everyone knew, everyone knows what this was for. It was his way of trying to uh, fit a a storyline into our minds before the report came out. So, you know, at least some, some chance of, you know, Trump's team to, to control the narrative, right? So he comes out, and uh, I'm just gonna just just summarize it. He he basically is saying that Trump was before he you know ran office was just a regular old old Joe who 
isn't familiar with political law and uh, does not have any clue with what the things he wants to do and if they're legal and whatever, and that he got taken advantage of by a Department of Justice that was seeking to destroy him and then also a media that was anti-Trump. Okay, so let's break that down. First and foremost, I, I have no clue what it takes to run for president. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, what, what you need to know beforehand. And in fact, I don't even think there are any requirements that you do need to know anything. I think once you kind of get into that role, maybe once you get like the nominee during the primary uh, run for things, I think once you get the nominee, you're, you're basically you're 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 connected to the, the the office in some shape, way, or form. Like you're giving, you know, um, security. You're you're given certain updates on things uh, that nor you wouldn't have been privileged to, and you're you're certainly you have people around you that are going to like keep you up to date, teach you about the process and whatnot and then once you win the presidency you literally have teams upon teams upon teams of people that are literally their job is to guide you through the law through you know what what you can and can't do and whatnot so i think the argument of trump didn't know he's just an average joe it was bullshit and it's obviously trying to paint him as a as just you're just like you and me, you know, like, no, you, once you're in that role, you hit the ground running. I mean, that's it. You're the president. You you don't get any excuses. You are the you are the last line of the excuse, right? Everything that happens is your fault at that point. Um, so, you know, that's why you pick dedicated, smart experienced people to help you with these things so first of all that that way of trying to control the narrative i think is really bullshit and then you know i think they had like a moment for questions at the end and he wasn't even like answering any questions so it just proves that this whole thing this whole uh press conference was was just a way that the trump administration could try to control the narrative they know what's i mean they had time to look through it um, so they knew what was going to come out, and that was, I guess, their best way of trying to, you know, assist Trump, uh, because uh, he is certainly not cleared of anything. If anything, this has—I mean, we, first of all, we we knew everything that 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 basically was said in this report. Uh, I have to give it up to the media for actually doing a really good job with reporting things as they slowly came out uh, from the special counsel. They really were kind of releasing the Mueller report live, right? Uh, I'm not sure if that was Mueller's strategy uh, in case it got shut down or whatever, uh, but there's also still a lot that we haven't seen. So uh, that that was just a fraud of a press conference. So kind of continuing with Barr, I want to briefly go into uh, Barr's history. Um, he has history with senior President Bush as well as with Reagan. Um, so I want to just kind of quickly go over some of the drama that he was involved with back then. All right, so we're going to go in a little time machine back into 1992. Uh, this is from an article on Salon. So, quotes, uh, Christmas Day of 1992, the New York Times featured a screaming all-caps headline across the top of its front page. 
Attorney General Bill Barr had covered up evidence of crimes by Reagan and Bush in the Iran contract scandal. Earlier that week of Christmas, 1992, George H.W. Bush was on his way out of office. Bill Clinton had won the White House the month before and in a few weeks would be sworn in as president. So this is dealing with specifically with the Iran-Contra uh, situation. And then it's also going to get into a little bit. So that was kind of like Reagan-Bush. And then this is going to lead into when H.W. Um, Bush was president. And there was something called the Iraq Gate, I guess, at the time. Um, uh, that was when, I guess, we gave Iraq some uh, weapons of mass destruction back in the day. Uh, funny how things go full circle, right? Uh, so, continuing on, uh, Bush's biggest concern wasn't that he'd have to leave the White House to retire back to Connecticut, Maine, or Texas, but rather that he may end up embroiled even deeper in Iran-Contra and that his colleagues may face time in federal prison after he left office. Independent counsel Lawrence Walsh, I guess back then it was called independent counsel, but now we have a special counsel, so a little connection there. Uh, the independent counsel was closing in fast on him, and Bush's private records subpoenaed by the independent counsel's office were key to it all. Long story short, Bill Barr stopped that. <laughs> uh, a little quick note about Walsh, who was the, uh, I guess, the 1992 version of Bob Mueller. Uh, Walsh had been appointed independent counsel in 1986 to investigate the Iran-Contra activities of the Reagan administration and determine if crimes had been committed. Walsh had zeroed in on documents that were in the possession of Reagan's former defense secretary, Casper uh, Weinberger, who all the evidence showed was definitely in on the deal and President Bush's diary that could corroborate it. So where you have basically a, a, a rotten top, right? So you, you have the president back then. Essentially, you have his vice president, too. And then defense secretary kind of all involved in this. Uh, there was another person involved. I'm not sure who this guy was. I'm not going to look into it. But Elliot Abrams had already been convicted of withholding evidence from Congress. And he may have even more information too. If it could be pried out of him before he went to prison. But Abrams was keeping mom apparently anticipating a pardon. Sound familiar? I think Manafort's out there kind of waiting for a pardon. Uh, Weinberger, trying to avoid jail himself, was apparently to testify that Bush knew about it and even participated, and Walsh had already, based on information he had attained from the investigation into Weinberger, demanded that Bush turn over his diary from the campaign. He was also, again, hot on the trail of Abrams. Barr, along with Bush, was already up to his eyeballs in cover-ups of shady behavior by the Reagan administration. New York Times writer William Sapphire referred to him not as attorney general, but instead as cover-up general, noting that in another scandal having to do with Bush selling weapons of mass destruction to Saddam Hussein, that's the Iraq gate, uh, Barr was already covering up for Bush, Weinberger, and others from the Reagan administration. Uh, and I quote, I believe this is from um, William Sapphire. Why does the cover-up general resist independent investigation? Because he knows where it may lead. To Dick Thornburg, James Baker, Clinton Uter, Brent Scowcroft, Scowcroft, whatever, and himself, uh, in quotes, the people who organized the sale of weapons of mass destruction to Saddam. He vainly hopes to be able to head it off or at least be able to use the threat of firing to negotiate a deal. 
So uh, how did Barr end up stopping all of this? Well, he basically just pardoned everyone, or at least got uh, the president at the time uh, to pardon everyone. So he basically convinced Bush, hey, pardon everyone, that basically would stop the investigation, which is exactly what Bush did. Uh, and I quote, on Christmas Eve, when most Americans were... Uh, we're with family instead of watching the news. The holiday, notwithstanding, the result was explosive. America knew that both Reagan and Bush were up to their necks in Iran-Contra, and Democrats had been talking about impeachment or worse. The Independent Council had already obtained one conviction, three guilty pleas, and two other individuals were lined up for prosecution, and Walsh was closing in fast on Bush himself. So, man, uh... Kind of shows you why Barr really got chosen. Uh, he still kind of has that role. He's there to cover up things. And Donald Trump certainly knew he probably would want some things covered up. Uh, so the last little bit I want to get into. Uh, earlier in Bush's administration, Barr had succeeded in blocking the appointment of an investigator or independent counsel to look into Iraq Gate. So this is after kind of Iran-Contra, as Sapphire, Sapphire repeatedly documented in the Times. In December, Barr helped Bush block indictments from another independent counsel, Lawrence Walsh, mentioned in the beginning, and eliminated any risk that Reagan or George A.W. Bush would be held to account for Iran-Contra. And then Bill Clinton kind of comes in, wants a fresh start, and then stops looking into all of that. So there you have it, a little, little, little history about Barr. He, uh, he certainly knows how to play the game, and uh, shows you exactly why he was chosen. So now that I got that out of the way, now we know about Barr, and you know he's, he's, he's uh, playing this game, I wanted to get into now the more kind of specific details about the Mueller report, um, just the main parts that at least I gravitated toward, and then also uh, some other parts that uh, you know journalists have uh, focused in on as well. So first and foremost, you know, Trump always likes to yell out, I'm exonerated. I won. There's nothing on me. No collusion. No obstruction. And while technically that is true, there is no actual kind of signed agreement between, you know, the Trump campaign and Russia. In this report, there is tons of evidence linking the Trump campaign to Russia. There are meetings there are private meetings, and then there's also suspected meetings, but because various uh, you know records have been deleted or erased or were encrypted, uh, Mueller wasn't quite able to justify, you know, the, or not justify, but but you know, ha definitely don't have the necessary proof, you know, to to put that into the Mueller report that it was this was 100%, you know, collusion. But the fact that there were still plenty of meetings, plenty of speculation, plenty of people who lied, were caught lying, it's kind of easy to show that at, at the bare minimum that Russia had at least attempted to infiltrate the campaign and obviously had something to gain from, you know, Trump winning the presidency. I don't think anyone is surprised by that. Uh, but it's nice to have it kind of factually proven and stated, uh, you know, for those who may be Team Trump and are maybe drinking the Kool-Aid a little too hard and think that he's some, you know, perfect uh, perfect savior. Uh, well, 
he's not. <laughs> and uh, he certainly benefited from an adversarial country targeting our elections. Now let's talk about obstruction. Obstruction is a little bit more of a uh, complicated term, right? Uh, so obstruction is something that can mean many things. And also the president can also appear to do things that might seem to be obstruction, but isn't really. For example, firing Comey, uh, that is certainly within the, the realm of the president to do. Uh, he is a he is a employed by the president. So the firing of Comey isn't really, in, in my opinion, something to really focus on. Although we kind of know he, he fired Comey because of uh, a, a discre discrepancy of loyalty, whatever that means. But in terms of, you know, I guess maybe firing Comey is one of the 10, but 10 cases of, of, of obstruction. So Mueller basically said that before he even began this uh, special counsel work, uh, he did it so in a, in a frame of he is not going to indict a sitting president. So the case that they built was, in a way, always not going to call out Trump on obstruction anyways. The whole point of this was to find possible cases of obstruction and then send it to the, 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 the house where it is their job to actually, you know, go over it and actually, if, if they want to pursue it, you know, any sort of, of um, uh, consequences or proceedings or impeachment, whatever they want to do, it's Congress's job. So the fact that Mueller found at least 10 instances of, of obstruction of justice is pretty alarming and not only that not only did he find 10 instances of of possible obstruction he said there would have been more if it weren't for the people that were surrounding trump specifically choosing not to do certain things that he demanded them to do we always knew about this about trump he he definitely did not either understand the laws that that governed his presidency and the country, or he just doesn't care about it. It has to be one of the two. I happen to think it's probably the second one. Uh, he doesn't care. He thinks that he is a, is a fucking king. And fuck you. <laughs> We're not a monarchy. Uh, there are laws in place for a reason. So here we have people that I was talking about earlier who are actual... You know, they, they, they are full-time government workers. These are people who are dedicated to what they do. They are experts in their fields. They're, you know, they, they, they know what to do in certain situations. And they were the ones who actually limited that number to 10. If those people weren't, weren't around, I have a feeling there would be a lot more instances of, of obstruction that Trump would also have to deal with. And his situation would be a lot more worse than it is right now. So, uh... I find this really fascinating because Mueller specifically calls out Congress in the report and says that they have the pure responsibility to impose, you know, the law on the president to to limit his 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 ability to possibly cause more damage to the country. Uh, I want to quote Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she sent out a letter. 
I guess they're going to have like a massive conference call on Monday. But anyways, uh, and a quote from Nancy Pelosi, uh, the Miller report states, we concluded Congress has authority to prohibit a president's corrupt use of his authority in order to protect the integrity of the administration of justice, which, and I quote again, accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principle that no person is above the law. Congress will not be silent. So I will get into this later on in terms of like what Congress is going to do and, and what I see them doing and whatnot. But I hope, uh, you know, I, I hope she really does go after Trump and this administration. I, I could definitely understand, you know, if there's any Republicans listening, you know, you're, you're, our, our, our tribalism's kicking in, you know, it's like, fuck Democrats for, for, you know, subpoenaing all these people and, and fuck them. This is all political. First and foremost, everything in politics is always political. So I, I talked about that before. So that's a stupid argument. Second, that is Congress's job. That is their job. And not only is that their job, me as a liberal, that's exactly why I voted for Nancy Pelosi again. And I mean, I'm in San Francisco. She, she is my, um, she's in my district, uh, or I'm in her district. Uh, that's exactly what I voted for. Yeah, of course. Checks and balances. That's what this is all about. So if you could just, you know, tone down the tribalism, at least you could still hate the Democrats or whatever, but at least just understand constitutionally that is why we have separation of powers. That is why we have checks and balances. And especially when we have a president, and you can't deny it, we have a president that is really enjoying stretching the boundaries of the law. So... There you go. You, you want to pick that president? Well, we're going to pick these people to help rein that shit in. So, hey, it's, uh, it's politics. So, uh, with all this being said, I definitely don't think Trump is uh, exonerated at all. Like, at all. <laughs> like, he is... I mean, of course, that's the only thing he can really say. Uh, you know, he has to maintain a story. He has to maintain a narrative. If, if he shows weakness or anything in it, then, of course, you know, middle America might start questioning their potential vote for him or whatever. So, um, you know, again, I kind of like I want to I end this segment with, you know, Mueller's report. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. And the fact that in the Mueller report, we also learned that there are 12 other uh, secret ongoing investigations going on. I think Mueller knew exactly how this was going to play out. I think he was prepared for many scenarios. Uh, one in which, you know, the attorney general might try to stifle the outing of the report. So he's playing the long game. And I also believe that I, I still to this day believe the minute Trump leaves office, he is going to be in a world of legal situations. And I'm not sure how that will end, but I could see him still. I, I still see him going to jail or someone going to jail in his family. So keep that in mind. Um, so, yeah, I guess now we're going to lead into the, the aftermath of all of this. So immediately after, uh, House Judiciary Chairman uh, Gerald Nadler from New York, uh, 
said that he will hold televised hearings on President Trump, President President Trump's alleged misconduct in office before considering impeachment. Said Nadler, we will have major hearings. Barr and Mueller are just the first. We will call many other people. We'll see who they are. I believe he was also quoted in saying that, you know, we're going to be having an election in 18 months and uh, impeachment is kind of off the table. And I'm going to agree with that. Um, I, I, I think if, if I were to be, you know, some higher up in, in the House, I, I would also be trying to be playing the long game, right? I would not be rushing to impeachment, but I would also still be essentially having impeachment trials in a way, but not calling it that. So definitely get Miller in there. Definitely get Barr in there. Definitely subpoena Trump Jr. Definitely subpoena anyone who you 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 need that's from the report where you can get some information. And then not only that, as these other investi- these secret investigations are going on, um, you know, um, Roger Stone's trial is coming up, and I think in the summer or something like that. So more information will always kind of still be coming out. Uh, so I would say think of this as a long-term imp- impeachment proceeding um, going on. With that being said, impeachments take a long time. And not only that, uh, what if Trump loses in 2020? I mean, there you go. It's over. So it's, I, I can see why they're not rushing to an impeachment trial like right now. But there's also some pretty higher up people calling for impeachment. I'm, and these are definitely more for political reasons. Uh, 2020 candidate Senator Warren, I think, was probably the first to call out uh, the House to, to begin impeachment proceedings. But hey, let's keep it fair, right? Well, actually, let me quote Elizabeth Warren. Uh, so she said, the severity of this misconduct demands that elected officials in both parties set aside political considerations and do their constitutional duty. That means the House should initiate impeachment proceedings against the President of the United States. Yeah, let's be fair. Let's let's bring up a Republican, a very prominent Republican, Mitt Romney. Republicans love him. Well, except if you're a Trumper, then you you hate him for some weird reason. You hate him because uh, I guess he's against Trump or had had some anti-Trump statements in the past. Uh, but you, I swear, you loved him in um, <laughs> 2012. Anyways, uh, Senator Mitt Romney from Utah said that he was sickened by President Trump's actions described in special counsel Robert Mueller's report. Said Romney, I'm sickened at the extent and pervasiveness of dishonesty and misdirection by individuals in the highest office of the land, including the president. I'm also appalled that, among other things, fellow citizens working in a campaign for a president welcomed help from Russia. Thank you, Romney. Uh, I, I always appreciated his, uh, kind of never Trump or Trumpism stance, um, mainly because I, I actually do think he has a decent set of ethics, although I wouldn't swear by that, but, uh, at least in terms of, you know, just being a good American citizen and, and calling out bullshit when it deserves to be called out, uh, he... Definitely is kind of a, a leader in the the moderate Republican world that is that is kind of in a really dark place right now. Uh, so this is a poll from Change Research Poll. Uh, they find that 52% of Americans say the Mueller 
probe was an important investigation into foreign governments' attempts to interfere with our elections, while 43% say it was a politically motivated witch hunt from the start. So a majority, a small majority of Americans really do value the, 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 the Mueller probe. Uh, meanwhile, 53% of voters say that President Trump should not be impeached, while 47% say that he should be. I would definitely keep my eye on these numbers. Uh, right now, we're kind of in the beginning, as I said, like a kind of like a pseudo impeachment hearing scenario. So I would like to see how those numbers change over time, especially perhaps when maybe Mueller talks. And I wonder if um, that'll change. I mean, let's be real. The only way that you're going to fully get a full-on impeachment hearing proceeding is when the, uh, the, the, the climate uh, or the voices of the people really are going to rally for uh, impeachment proceedings to begin. That means some Republicans are going to have to be on that boat and they're going to have to pressure their... Uh, mainly their senators to, to kind of like, hey, get in on this or, you know, we won't vote you again in office. So uh, moving along, um, I already quoted Pelosi, quoted Warren, quoted Mitt Romney. All right. I think I'm just going to end uh, with this, um, this quote from a uh, journalist, Andrew Sullivan, who's a really, really good journalist, actually. Uh, so he's kind of coming up from a more constitutionally angle about, uh, you know, the powers that the House has and why we have it in place. So if whoever's listening, if you just kind of forget who you are, forget what political tribe you belong in, forget, forget, you know, left, right, whatever, just just let it all pretend you're like a robot. You're just a robot. And you just you, you are kind of hearing these things for the first time and you don't you have no bias towards anything. Um, so I'm going to quote Andrew Sullivan. To refuse to use the one weapon the founders gave us to remove such a character from office is more than cowardice. It is complicity. It is a surrender to forces which aim to make the world safe for authoritarianism. It may not work, but if we acquiesce, pretend it isn't happening, or look away, it cannot work. That this disgusting man is not just a cancer in the presidency. His presidency is a cancer in our constitution and way of life. How long do we let this metastasize even further? Metastasize. <laughs> I say that right either way. Uh, how long before we take a stand? Mueller has given us the roadmap. He has done his duty. I mean, yeah, he has done his duty, right? I mean, I, I think Mueller is a very well-trusted man. Anyways, uh, now it's our turn to do ours, to support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. There is no qualification in that oath of citizenship. So there you have it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, if, if you truly believe in the Constitution and you believe that uh, things were put there in order to protect the secrecy of of you know, that position, and also to protect the American people overall. Um, you know, if, if you're listening and you're from a Republican state, man, I will definitely urge you, and you agree with that, you know, you, you are pro-Constitution, you're letting your bias aside, you you have a little bit of maybe something's not right, 
I would let your your representatives know. I mean, let them know. They need to hear it. Otherwise, they're just going to cater to any guy who buys his way into the office, basically. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Cool. I kept it just around 30 minutes. That's great. So I just want to get in, get out. It's Friday. Have a beer, whatever. Um... So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll put another episode out next week uh, and I'll uh, get back to just the regular news and whatnot. But yeah, interesting times, man. That's why I love covering this stuff. It's just fascinating to me. Anyways, once again, music from man underscore DeLorean. Check him out on Instagram. And then I'm also on iTunes. I'm on Spotify, which I thought I wasn't, but I signed up for it months ago and apparently I'm up there. So I'm up there, Politics and Bullshit Podcast. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, um, PNB podcast, maybe on Instagram, whatever, doesn't matter, but follow me. Anyways, thanks. Bye.